Proverbs chapter 11, verse 2. We're going to look at three scriptures in Proverbs tonight that all speak to the same issue. Proverbs chapter 11, verse 2 says, When pride comes, then comes disgrace. But with the humble is wisdom. A few chapters over, Proverbs chapter 16, verse 18. Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Proverbs 29, 23. One's pride will bring him low, but he who is lowly in spirit will obtain honor. You know, the first part of this message, I just want to meddle a little bit, and, and I don't expect anybody to do what I do in this. I'm not saying this is scripture. I'm just telling you how I see things. And then, then we'll get into some things that are, are clearly right and wrong. The word pride has some nuances to it. I, I rarely say to somebody, I am proud of you, not because it's evil, uh, but because I don't feel like I've earned the right most of the time. Some kid gives a great speech at graduation. I may go up to him and say, that was, that was fabulous. You are gifted. You, you, you need to take advantage of that gift. You need to use that gift. Rarely will I say to him, boy, I'm proud of you. Because I, I, I don't know that I've done anything to help that gift happen. I don't know that I've earned any part of what they've done. I'm just impressed with what they've done. I'm not saying everybody should do that. I'm not afraid of being proud of someone or expressing. I clearly remember times uh, in my life when my mom or my dad would say to me that they were proud of me and how much that meant to me. And I want God to be proud of me. I want God to be able to say, I built something to that young man. He's taken, he's, he's, he's taken it. I would, say it. I would say it about my kids or my godsons. I, I would tell them I'm proud of you because I, I feel like I've earned that in their life. I've, I've invested in their life I've spoken into their life and I see them do something that is good and outstanding I'll say to them I'm proud I'm proud of you I'm proud of the the time I've spent with you if if I were an artist and I'm not if I was a sculptor or a painter and I had a painting up and I I, I might say I'm proud of that painting see you can say that and because what you are is you're, you're really glad for the work that's done and you can say that with the thought of, I am grateful for the ability God gave me to do that. Now, you can say it in sinful pride. You can say it in humble pride. I'm grateful God gave me the ability to produce this great piece of art, and I'm proud of the work that I did. I'm proud of the way that I, I'm proud of the, the, the thing that I was able to accomplish because of God's, uh, God's grace and God's goodness. But this whole issue of pride, I want to tell you, it can be tricky. Pride can be really, really tricky. I'm going to tell you a little bit of a story that happened, I don't know, 10, 12, 15 years ago. And, and frankly, somebody in this room may have been a part of this scenario. I only remember three people that were a part of this discussion and they're you know, most, I don't think they live in the state or I know they're certainly not here tonight. But there was a group of people 
in our, that were in our, the academy and they wanted to do some really good things for the academy. They really wanted to do good things. And uh, that's exciting. You, you, you want people to rise up in the church and in our ministries that want to make them better and, and want to do uh, good things. We should all do that. You know, the goal of the academy is to raise Christian leaders, and I hope that you pray for the academy that we're able to do that very thing. Uh, so they, they got together, and they began to talk about some ways they could raise some money and do some things and help different things do better, and, and, and they decided to call themselves uh, Calvary Pride. I didn't have any problem with that. They, they, they were... Excited about what the school was doing, proud of what the school was doing. None of them were saying they did it. None of them were saying we don't need God to do it. None of them were acting in any kind of sinful way, saying without God, uh, you know, we, we can do, we've done this without God. They, they, they all recognized we need the hand of God in it, and they were, they were proud of the things that were taking place there, and I had no problem with it. There were a small group of people in the church that were offended by that name. They didn't think we should use the name Calvary Pride. And I, I, I sat with the main leader of the group at one time and I tried to explain the difference between personal, unrighteous, godly pride and, and being glad to be part of something, being excited about something that's good, that God's doing, uh, and, and that we don't need to throw the whole word out just because if I do it the wrong way, it's sinful. I can do it the right way and not be simple. I can be proud of what God's doing. Excited about, glad to be a part of it and recognizing of God's work. And in, one, in the conversation with one man, he, he looked at me and he said, uh, well, the school's going to fall because pride comes before a fall. And I just stood there going, oh, Lord, help me. <laughs> help me. And uh, I said, well, okay, you know. And, and I tell you, I, I want to be a peacemaker. And, and peacemakers, one, I think God blesses peacemakers. Peacemakers don't carry a bad story, a bad word that was said to somebody else. They say, so-and-so said such and such about you. In fact, peacemakers do just the opposite. If I, if I hear somebody say something good about somebody and I get half a chance, I tell them that. I would hope you would do the same. Somebody says, oh, so-and-so's got such a great voice. They bless me every time, I, every time I hear them sing. Why wouldn't you tell them that the next time you see them? Hey, I was with so-and-so the other day, and they were telling me how you bless them every time you sing. Why wouldn't you tell them that? On the other side, what the, the sin nature, if somebody says, yeah, the way they stand on the platform, they just, they just rake my soul. Boy, that, that, that word goes right to them, doesn't it? That's the sin nature. That's not peacemakers. That's troublemakers. You don't want to be a troublemaker. There's a lot of things I know that they don't need to be reset. In fact, a lot of times you'll challenge what's said. You've got to be careful because sometimes somebody will say something to you, and if you don't challenge it, they take it as your agreement, and they go say you said it. Is that true? So you got to be careful in those situations. So I, I want to be a peacemaker, and I want to be a peacemaker with this group. So I went to one of the one of the leaders of the group that had you know started Calvary Pride, 
And I said, wow, you know, I, I really appreciate, uh, appreciate you guys' heart, appreciate what you want to do. So grateful for your passion for the school. I wish everybody felt passionate about the school. We could touch a lot more kids' lives if everybody were passionate about the school and all in for the school. I wish everybody was. Uh, but can you do me a favor? Can you talk to the group about changing your name? Why? Well, you know, it's a, it's a few people that, you know, the word pride kind of makes them stumble a little bit. And, and, and I, I'm, I'm telling you, I've talked to them. I don't agree with them. I think they're making a big deal out of nothing. But, they're, but it's, you know, it's a big deal to them. And, and they're stumbling over that name. And, and uh, you know, and the stumbling over the name, it, it'd just be so much easier and so much better if we, we could probably come up with a, 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 another really good name and, and, and we could do that and these folks wouldn't stumble, stumble over it. You know, they're, they're not going to get involved in anything you do because of this name and we want them to get involved too. So let's, let, let's just see if we can, can we come up with a different name? Well, I'll talk to the group about it. Okay, well, let me know. A few days later, uh, the person came back to me. And uh, they said to me, uh, if it can't be Calvary Pride, we just won't do anything. Oh, peachy. <laughs> Pastors love that place where you got this group that's saying this, and nobody's willing to. Now, I want you to capture the subtlety of this. I want you to capture the subtlety of it. See, now it's not about what's good for the kingdom on either side of the discussion. Now there really is pride on both sides of the discussion. Now, the, now you really do have a problem. Where before it was just a preference and a, a, now, now it's trouble. And no matter what you do, Here's what pride does. It puts people in place where no matter what you do, somebody's really upset. So I want you to capture this with me a little bit. Some people are foolish enough to call themselves prideful, but most Christians are not. Most Christians would never say about themselves, uh, I'm prideful, because we know these scriptures. Pride comes before a fall. It's destructive. It's going to bring destruction. So we would never, we would never out and out uh, say it. I've messed up my microphone here, so I'm fixing it right now. Thank you. Didn't I do a good job? <laughs> so pride, just because I won't use the word doesn't mean I don't possess its qualities. So I've got to guard against it. See, if I lie, I know I've lied. You tell a lie, you know you're lying. You get in the car and you go, oh, man, why did I say that? That's not the truth. Oh, man, what do I do about that? If you steal, you know you've stolen something. You know that's not yours and you've taken it. You know, most sin is like that. If you do it, you know you're doing it. Now, we, the, the sin of the mouth many times, other than lies, you know, the sin of, of 
disunity and the sin of gossip, we justify that. So you've got to watch those too. We, we kind of qualify, well, it's okay for me to say this because it's, I had one person tell me, it's, it's not gossip if it's true. And I said, yes, it is. It can be true and be a great big piece of gossip. It doesn't need to be said. It's not being handled right. You're telling people don't need to know. It can be gossip even if it's true. So you, you don't need to let, 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 let the right people handle things, let the right things take place. And let, you know, so some kid makes a big mistake in his life and mom and dad are handling it. They're taking care of it. I don't need to go tell 50 people about it. Mom and dad have handled it. Let it go. Amen? Amen. So you've got to be careful about it. But pride is one that's, it can be really tricky. What I need to watch for are the symptoms of pride. Because pride does lead to destruction. When we think about pride, we usually think of someone who is arrogant or boastful uh, or too proud to say that they're wrong. And they kind of, the way they treat others are, are kind of belittling. All that's true, and, but there's more to it than that. Pride is immature because it sees itself as sufficient and lowers our understanding of our dependence upon God. That's a really immature way to look at the world. When you think you're all that and being sensitive to the feelings and the desires of God are not important. That's a real act of not understanding the world you live in. Here are some of the symptoms. Pride is blinding. At some point... I start seeing others and it's usually some group of others or some other person. I start seeing others, start, I stop seeing others with sympathy. I start judging them. Why can't they just straighten up? Why should we help them anymore? Why are we, invest, why are we taking any more time with them? They, they, they know better. Others' weaknesses and others' lives are seen as foolish. And we don't try to understand where they've come from to get where they're at. We're going to talk about this Sunday morning. Please be praying for Sunday morning. We're going to talk about gaps. Places that are missing in our lives that God meant to be full. And, and how, we, how we overcome, how God helps us overcome gaps. But on our side of it, we see this person and they have a, a weakness. They, they have something that they just, they're just not having victory in it. And instead of trying to understand the world they've come through and the journey they've been on and how they've gotten there, you say, oh, it's bad decisions. Maybe, but how did they learn to make bad decisions how did all that take place? Can I have any sympathy for the way maybe they were raised or the journey that they've been on, things that have happened to them or some other lack of ability that they have? Can I have any sympathy for that? 
So I don't want to sit next to them. I don't want to be around them. I don't want to, I become blind to the fact that every human being is of value to God. And I begin to judge them. Now, this usually isn't in, in the blinded sense of, of pride. I usually don't walk in and look across the room and go, I'm better than everybody else in here. No, that, that's too clearly pride, right? No, it's, it's I'm better than that guy. I, I, I don't want to sit next to that person. I don't know why they're putting up with that one over there. And we become blind instead of being patient. And it's an act of pride. Uh, I can't, and, and here's the other part of it. I can't give in, just what we talked about, I can't give in on the trivial. I got to hold on to things. Man, it, it, just, it just becomes something I, I, I just fixate on. Pride makes us unconscious of others. I become so focused on my needs or wants that others' needs and wants are pushed aside and not even considered important. I drive to get my position and my place instead of seeing others as better than ourselves as Paul encourages us to do in the book of Philippians. We see our needs and our wants as the most important and we have these high expectations that others give way to us. This turns again to being uncaring. I don't want to say it or maybe I don't notice it, but I am. I'm just uncaring of some group of people. And again, this is usually not a, a full spectrum of everybody. I may have some people that I'm very sympathetic towards them. I'm very sensitive for, for, for them. I want to see their needs met, um, uh, but I've got this other group that I don't. Pride is fearless. Again, here's a place where we would never say it out loud. I would never say I don't fear God. But I don't live in the humility the love and the fear towards God that transforms my life. I live in a desire for myself. I keep being driven by my selfish desires, my pleasures, my wants, my things. Pride makes me fearless of God. Instead of having wisdom that comes from fearing God, I, which really is about obedience. I fear God, I become obedient to God, I experience God's blessing, and I discover the love of God, and it drives out fear, and now I do it out of love. You see the progression that happens? On this other side, I don't really love God, therefore, you know, I, I never really began to fear God because I've I got confidence in myself, Therefore, I never became obedient. Therefore, I never learned to love. Therefore, I've got to justify the things that I do that are clearly outside of what God tells me to do. That's what leads to destruction. That's when the bottom gets dropped out from under us and we find ourselves in big, big trouble. And we didn't even see it coming. We didn't see it because we've 
We've made excuses for things. Pride is demanding and pride is unyielding. Pride justifies my wants. Pride excuses my actions. I have a right to the things I'm doing. I have a right to do what I'm doing. I have actually had people over the years tell me things like, well, I know, I know uh, uh, that you know, sexually I shouldn't be doing this, but uh, God says it's okay. No, no, he didn't. No, he didn't. He says very clearly it's not okay. It's very clearly. There's no, there's no stuttering in this in the Bible. He very clearly says this is right, this is wrong. We can't justify it. But pride justifies it. Pride demands my way and is unyielding and brings conflict. And it's in this place where pride destroys love. I, I'm so prideful and demanding of my way again and again and again that I blame everyone else on every conflict that I have because nobody else is smart enough to know what I know and to, to, to do it. And so I, you know, I'm demanding in all of these things and it destroys a love between people. Pride is so demanding with such a high expectation on self that others get neglected, others get abused while I justify my actions. So I've got to watch for these symptoms in my life. I've got to watch for this spirit of being unyielding, this spirit of being demanding, this spirit of, you know, I'm right, you're wrong, if you, I don't get my way, I'm going to use every force in my power to make you do what I want you to do. I'm going to be unyielding because it destroys love. Pride destroys my relationship to God. I must come to God as his creation. What does that mean? He made me. I live and breathe, I have my being because he wills it. I sit here today at this point in time in life because God allows it. He wills it. And if he got fed up with me today, he could take me off the scene and you wouldn't even know it. He could take me off the scene and let all of you know it and say, there, that's what I do with people I'm fed up with. We live and move and have our being in him. And so we've got to come to him with that kind of, of humility, depend, recognizing our dependence on him for all things. He gives us breath. He gives us life. But pride sees self and the, and, and, and the final solution of life all wrapped up in me. So I neglect in, in all this, I neglect my acts of faith. I live my, by my own desires and it destroys my faith in God because I don't need God. Now, a Christian, again, is never going to say that. A person who says they're a believer is never going to utter those words. But how does he approach God? See, pride comes to God on equal footing with demands 
with expectations that God must respond to. He's got to do it this way. He must treat me this way. He must give me this power. And I must understand all the things that happen in my life or God has failed me. If, I, if there's something comes along and I don't understand it, well, God, it's in the way it's supposed to work. See, that, that's the whole story of the book of Job. The whole story of the book of Job is the story, if you read, Job is so hard to understand. Because when you read through Job and you listen to what the guys are saying to him, you go, yeah, yeah, that, that sounds right. Then you read what Job says, you go, yeah, yeah, that sounds right. You know why it sounds right? Because our prideful flesh wants everything explained to us. At the end of the day, you know what God's question is? Hey, when I formed, and formed the earth and put the stars in the sky, where were you? I don't remember seeing you standing there. I don't remember you hanging out. What, where were you? In other words, what God's saying to you is I got plans so much bigger than what anything you know. Just trust me. This whole book of Job is about us just trusting God no matter what's going on. No matter what's happening. God, the world may, the world may be, may be falling out from underneath my feet. Everything may be going wrong. My body may be being attacked. But God, I love you and I'm going to serve you. That's the answer. End of the day. These guys are, oh, it must be because you've sinned or it must be because you've done this. And, you know, you've got this judgment on you. And Job's going, I've never sinned. And God looks at them all at the end of the day and goes, well, first of all, Job, yes, you have. You've blown it sometimes. And, hey, you guys over here, you, you, you don't know what you're talking about because he's really better than any of you. So get over it. It's about trusting in God and all these things. And so this is one of those places where I can become very demanding, very expensive, instead of coming to God humbly and trusting God and saying, God, what is your will? I come with this high expectation. Instead of just leaning on the everlasting love of God, the steadfast love of God, I want everything explained to me. I must understand. And so this is where you get people who say, oh, I've been through this thing and it almost, it almost ruined my faith. Or it did ruin my faith. It wiped my faith out. What are they saying? I have to understand everything. If I don't understand everything, then something's wrong with God and he must not really be there. Listen, we don't even understand how we got here. We don't understand how he put us together. We don't understand how, we, we, can, we can talk about the science up and all the things up, but at the end of the day, God says work. Every moment of every day, I depend upon him. We count upon him. Pride destroys that thought. It, put, it brings us to this equal footing with God, which we, we shouldn't even see ourselves close on that spectrum. We've got to see that he is, he's, I mean, think about this, friends. He speaks and stars come into existence. About the best I can do is say, sweetheart, get me a glass of tea, and it shows up. That's about the best I can do. That's about as far as I get when I speak about things. Are you with me? Are you understanding this? I, don't, I can't sit here and tea, show up. Wouldn't you be impressed if a tea popped up right there right now? 
God could sit here today and if he wanted to say, everybody in this room have a glass of tea in your hand. You'd all be sitting there going, where'd that come from? We don't even begin to comprehend his greatness. We don't begin to comprehend how much It's just better to just say, God, you are great. I am so grateful that you love me. I don't understand why a God as great as you would love me. And I know that you've got my life in your hand and I'm going to trust you every day. Pride rips that out. Pride, we begin to look at the Bible and we begin to think we can understand it. We can't, we can't understand all that God is. We are, we have, there's, an, there's some things God gives us a little peek into. And that little peek lets us go, oh, wow. What does that mean? That's about all we get. He's a God who speaks worlds into existence. He's a God who raises the dead. He's a God who's breathed life into us. We're going to live for eternity. He's a God who has an unseen world around us. This God is great, folks. He is a great God. Pride then destroys my ability to hear and learn. Again, here's something I would never say out loud. But I, I, I know, you know, pride makes me think I know what I need to know. I am no longer humble or a seeker. I know what I need to know. I've learned enough. I don't need to read anymore. I don't need to study anymore. I don't need to read my Bible anymore. I don't need to sit in classes anymore. I, I know what I need to know. That is a prescription for destruction. See, pride hangs out in the hallway during the preaching. That's what pride does. Hey, I've heard all that before. Pride doesn't go to a class or to a small group because it knows all it needs to know. I've been in ministry now for 39 years, been around the church all of my life, and I want to tell you, I've seen staff members get infected by pride and watched it destroy them. Absolutely destroy them. They want others to submit and respect their leadership gifts, but they stop respecting the leaders that God's put over them and their leadership gifts. And guess what? You reap what you sow. You reap what you sow. Pride stands behind the leader when the leader's talking and rolls its eyes. Pride stops listening. Pride has the spirit of Absalom that sits at the gate and says, if I were king. Now, most of the time, pride is too smart, uh, is too smart most of the time to say something because that's foolishness. You do that, the Bible says, uh, you know, you talk against the king, you're going to probably get your head lopped off. So pride usually doesn't speak up. Pride has an air about it. It's just a spirit about it. And it's very justified because I think I'm, I'm right. It's an air of I am better. Pride, ne- here's, the, here's the question that always amazes me. Pride never asks, why hasn't God made me the leader? The Bible says God lifts up and God puts down. Why hasn't God put me in that position? Never ask that question. Never says, why, 
You know, the, the, the child at home is prideful, never says, well, why, why didn't God make the 15-year-old to be in charge of the house? That, that 15-year-old, 15-year-old thinks he knows everything and dad's dumb as a brick. That's pride. You, you get me? Or, or the leader or whatever. And it, so it blows off the advice, it doesn't listen. Pride never, pride never says, I'm so smart, if I were the pastor, if I were running this place, it would, be a, it would be a whole lot better. I would certainly never have made that decision. I should be in charge. It never says it, but that's the feeling at least floating in the air. It leaves that feeling in the home. It leaves that feeling among the other kids. That's why a, a dad, when they seize it, has to deal with it pretty severely. Because if it doesn't, pride will infect others. Pride's infectious. And so you, you've got you've to deal with it. Never asking, why hasn't God lifted me to that role? Humility always asks, God, are you sure you want me to? I don't feel qualified to do this. I don't know that I'm able to do this. God, I, I'm not sure I'm, I'm the right guy for this, but if you say so, I'll do it. That's what humility says. Pride says, about time. About time I was in charge. See, pride keeps exalting itself until the foundation of, uh, under it is gone. That's why pride comes before a fall. Because you're lifting yourself up again and again and again, grabbing every hook and everything you can to get higher and higher, and before long, there's nothing underneath of you anymore. You've climbed the side of the the side of the mountain and you have no lines to hold on to and one slip and you're done. Where if God lifts you to that place, he's, got, he's going to support you. So it, it, it's just sitting there and saying, I'm going to treat the leaders above me the way I want the people who I'm a leader of to treat me. And when I say something they don't understand, I want them to follow me, so I'm going to follow when I don't understand that. Pride is demanding because I am at the center. Pride is unfaithful. Pride finds a better way all the time. Whether it's in ministry, there's a better way. Tithing, well, there's a better way. Worshiping. Well, I can, I can do that at home. There's a better way I can do that at home. Pride is always, pride has this air of judgment. So pride secludes us, it deceives us, it pumps us up, it lies to us, and it leaves us on our own. Now listen, I want you to hear this. Pride makes the going hard. When there's a lot of pride around, it's hard to move anything. It's hard in your home to get anything done if you've got a bunch of prideful, arrogant people in the home because there's always conflict. You can't, you can't get to the compromise over even the trivial because there's too much pride involved. It's too much self-involved. makes it hard in the church because it, it, has, it just has to be overcome to get anywhere. Every decision has to be explained in the minutia of detail. 
has to be justified. You have to boy, make everybody get it. And it's kind of amazing because the, you may have somebody who doesn't themselves want to put the time and the effort in to do the study, to do the work, to do the prayer, to do the things, to be able to make the right decision. But when the elders or the board or the leadership or the pastor makes a decision, they're the first one to go, explain that to me. Well, where were you in the process? Or in your home. I'm not, I don't want to do that. Well, son, guess what? You're 13. And we're going to do that. You know, my dad used to say to me, you've heard me say this, my dad, I'd say that my dad would make some decision. I'd say, I don't, I don't want to tell me I was going to do it. I don't want to do that. He'd say, well, son, here's your choices. You can do it laughing, you can do it crying, but you're going to do it. <laughs> I always let him know. He, he, was, he wasn't putting up with this stuff. He wasn't gonna, he, there wasn't going to be great debates. There weren't going to be great debates. I mean, he was almost to a fault that way. I remember one time when I was about 17, I wanted to do something. He told me no. I said, Dad, you know, I'm going to college here in a few months. and You know, I might have a chance to do that when I get in school. Could you explain to me why I shouldn't do that? He looked at me and said, just remember I told you no. That's all you need to understand. For a 17-year-old, that's really hard to bite into. I tell you, that's, that's tough chewing right there when you're 17. Every decision has to be explained. Everything has to be justified. And usually what you get at the end of the day is, well, okay, if you insist. Because pride doesn't, doesn't buy in. Pride only buys into what it wants to do. Pride only buys into what's comfortable for itself. Instead of there being trust and enthusiasm and buy-in, it's kind of a, well, if you get anything, it's okay, I'll go along. But Pride in the daylight is repulsive to us. So pride hides in the shadows of our lives. And pride becomes an unseen killer of our effectiveness. And so you just gotta, we've got to understand how subtle this can be in our lives. Pride isn't going to be something that, that when, I, when I instantly do it, I, 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 I instantly feel, unless I'm really sensitive to it, I've got to make myself sensitive to this thing that, 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 that I have to ask myself, is this, am, am I making the right call here? Am, am I really in the position to make this call? Am I in the place to do this? What is the position I'm in? What do I want others to do for me? What do I want? How do I want to lead? How do I want to talk about others? How do I want to respond to others? How do I want to see others? So you've got to be really sensitive to catch up on this. Otherwise, you find yourself out, on, out someplace where, the, where pride has led you out, and you don't even know you've been led out to destruction. And now your effectiveness, your ministry, your impact, the, the, the fruit of what should have been born in your life, the power of what should be, have been born in your life has been lost. Have I been clear about this tonight? Is this, is this something to pray about? Okay, let's just come down around the altar before we go. Dan, come on down, would you please? And
here's what I want to challenge this pastor, what I want to challenge you to do tonight. We're going to take just a minute. And just as humbly as you can, just bow your heart to the Lord and just say, Lord, is there any place in me where pride is ruling, where I've been bitten, let out someplace by pride? Is there any group of people I'm looking at the wrong way? Is there any leadership I'm not accepting over me the right way? Is there any place where I'm demanding over the ones who are under me in the wrong way? Is, Is there any place in all this spectrum of my life, God, where you would say to me, right there, right there, that's not about you wanting what's right. That's about you wanting your way. That's just about you not submitting to me, him. Let's take a minute and just bow our hearts. Let's let the Lord speak to us tonight. Father, before my friends here in this room today and before you in this throne room, Lord, you and I know how much we've wrestled over this issue, not of an arrogant pride that may have been there in the beginning days, I don't know, but the Father, the subtleties of pride, how you've spoken to me and moved in my life and continue to move in my life and continue to speak to me I'm grateful for your patience Lord I'm grateful for your steadfast love I'm grateful for your spirit that leads us into all truth and tonight Father we just come with humility before you and pray you'd not let us escape any area of our life where we walk outside of your truth and outside of your word where we walk outside of the leading of your spirit. But Father, we just pray you'd speak to us about any areas of pride in our life. For Lord, we know our life should be fully in your hands. Lord, let us check the demands that we make. Let us check the places where we dig our heels in for a fight because we're unyielding. Let's check the way we approach, uh, Father, leaders in our life who say, this way, let's go. Let's check ourselves, Lord. Let us hear your spirit speak to us. And let us walk in full, complete submission to your spirit as a people being led by you. Lead us, direct us in all this, we pray. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. Now hear this great promise. One's pride will bring him low. One's pride will bring him low, but he who is lowly in spirit will obtain honor. What what happens? When you submit yourself to God, when you let your spirit be submitted to him, when you, when you don't have to have, you just say, God, I'm just seeking after you. I just want your will. I'm just going to walk in. Then God works through us, does his will. The next thing you know, you're sitting in a place and, and the honor of what you've done is, is all around you and you're sitting there going, I didn't, I didn't earn this. Because God brought you there. 
It's the subtlety of the sin of the flesh. So, if you're a fighter over everything, give it up. Are you hearing me? Let's, let's, just, let's just dig our heels in on the things that are clearly God's word. If you're demanding, stop being it. If you're the center of things, stop being there. Try to move some other people to the center. Keep Jesus at the very center. Get some other people around there that you're going to really help take care of. If there's some group of people that, you know, you just have some, you know, skin-crawling issue, repent. Repent. Love people. Be patient. Try to understand. And let God lead our lives. Amen? Amen. Father, make us a healthy people. Make us a righteous people. Make us a people, Father, who fully walk in you in all things. And let us walk in the unity of your spirit. Father, whatever of this today is of you, let it be embedded in our spirits. Father, if any of it's of me, let it be forgotten and cast away. Only your words, Lord. Only your words. Let them reign in us. But Father, let us not fight any of your words. Let us receive them all and not excuse them away in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Love you. God bless you. Go in the name of the Lord today.